It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Okay, here we are, another Locked On Podcast Network crossover episode. Brian Peacock here of Locked On 49ers. I'm with Bill Rossetti of Locked On Panthers getting ready for this week eight matchup at Levi's Stadium. The 6-0 Niners, the 4-2 Panthers should be a good one. And this NFC playoff pictures super tight at the top. A lot of good teams. This game will probably go a long way into deciding some things for both teams. Absolutely. Uh, the, it's been a lot of fun in the NFC. A lot, lot of really good teams. Uh, I mean, the Panthers, even at 4-2 and two in the run they're on, they are just sitting outside outside the playoffs right now because you got the Seahawks playing well, the Vikings are playing well. So, yeah, you're right. This game could definitely go a long way toward uh, toward shaping the playoffs. Maybe this could even be a potential playoff preview. Who knows? Absolutely. It could definitely be. And I think the number one storyline here with this game so far is that Ron Rivera uh, has said and confirmed that it's going to be Kyle Allen again starting at quarterback. I don't know uh, what it's like from your vantage point. Is it just because Cam Newton's still not 100% and there's no way Cam's going to get – uh, let get go back in there until he is 100% with how well Allen and how well the team is doing at 4-0 with him starting at quarterback? Or is this a situation where 100% Cam is sitting? Yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, they still want to get Cam ready. He's, he still doesn't seem 100%. And Ron Rivera has said numerous times that they're, they're not going to put Cam in there until he is completely healthy. But, I mean, look, you, you, can't, you can't argue with the results so far with, Kyle Allen so far in the last four games, like you said, 4-0. and I mean, it's the year of the backup quarterback, right? A lot of these backups coming in and performing well, and Kyle Allen is no exception to that rule. And really, I think it's, you know, kind of those, if it ain't broke, don't fix, don't fix it type deals. Uh, Kyle Allen just has been handling the offense really well. He's just been getting the ball into his playmaker's hands. So, you know, until you're absolutely sure with Cam Newton, I wouldn't buck that trend just yet. And I'm sure you've talked about this to death on your podcast, so we don't have to get too deep into it. But just real quick for the, the Locked On 49ers listeners who might not be in the know here with the Panthers and that quarterback situation, is there an idea that, that Cam Newton could be gone at some point after this year? Would they even dangle him at the trade deadline? Or is this still Cam Newton's team and Kyle Allen's just holding it down until Cam's 100%? Yeah, at least for the rest of 2019, I think once Cam Newton is 100% healthy, he will be back as the starter. Uh, a healthy Cam Newton definitely definitely uh, is better than Kyle Allen in this offense. But, you know, we've heard other people talk about this too, the fact that Cam Newton is owed $18 million in 2020, but they can cut him with just a $2 million dead money hit. Uh 
in 2020, so they'd save about 16 million. So it wouldn't surprise me if maybe they dangle him at the trade. I don't think they would dangle him at the trade line. I think they're going to uh, hold on to him at least for the rest of this year. But uh, 2020 is going to be very interesting, especially if they cut him before free agency. See what kind of deal he can get. So I would I would say around that time frame, maybe a little after the super, you know, that dead period between the Super Bowl and the start of free agency. I think that could be a time to kind of keep an eye on this uh, on this Cam Newton story. All right, we got to get into some matchups here with this game before we make our predictions at the end of the show. And I think the number one matchup for the 49ers defense playing against that Panthers offense is obviously Christian McCaffrey. And a lot of local Bay Area fans know him well from his days at Stanford. A little bit of a homecoming for Christian McCaffrey here. Uh, he's getting some MVP love around the league, as he should be, but... There's two weeks that really stand out to me with Christian McCaffrey, week two, and both games are against Tampa Bay. So the first and second time against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and, and the 49ers saw the Bucs in week one, and their run defense is legit. But man, it's night and day what Christian McCaffrey has done in the other weeks and then the games against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do the Bucs have a secret sauce? Are they just that good up front? And do you think the 49ers front can have similar success against McCaffrey? Yeah, it is really weird that a team like the Buccaneers... Uh, has been so far the only team to really slow down Christian McCaffrey. I think he's only totaled like 120 yards in the two games against the Buccaneers, whereas in basically every other game, he's going for at least a buck 50, buck 75. A couple games he's at 200. Uh, but, you know, the, the Panthers' front, or excuse me, the Buccaneers' front is obviously legit. Uh, and Dominican Sue and a couple others, Vita Vea has been, you know, here and there on that front line. But, yeah, you go up against uh, a strong defensive line like the 49ers, who have really been the key to – or one of the big keys to their success this season. You know, D Ford has been a tremendous acquisition. Um, DeForest Buckner, uh, Nick Bosa, all, all these young guys. And, and they're so young, too. That's that's the big thing with this 49ers defensive front is that all, all these players are so young. So this is a group that you're going to see – for a long time and you know there's still kind of questions at least in terms of just the consistency of play on the Panthers offensive line so yeah if there's a unit that's uh, that's going to be worrisome for the Panthers offense it's definitely that defensive line of the 49ers and I mean you know I've seen people in, in fantasy terms kind of worry oh should I start Christian McCaffrey this week I mean you're still starting him he's still a stud but um, you know, don't be surprised if he puts up a game, maybe not as bad as he's done against the Buccaneers, but definitely on the the lower end of his season totals versus some of the, the higher marks that he has, you know, like in games against the Cardinals or some, or some of those other games. Yeah, he only averaged 1.4 yards per carry last week against the Bucs, ran the ball 22 times, so it wasn't a small sample either. So uh, 22 rushes for 31 yards, that's uh, kind of eye-opening there, and as good as the 49ers front has been, they have had some teams have had some success running against them. It's been against the past that the 49ers have really been a terror um, with that um, with that Panthers front. Is it more of a situation where a fast Buccaneers group of linebackers are rallying to the ball? Is it that defensive front handling the offensive line? What's what is the game plan for the a Panthers team that goes into a game and can't run the ball like they did last week, but still beat the Buccaneers? Is is an, is Kyle Allen at the point where they can put that on his shoulders and say, "Hey, man, we can't run right now. Go win us a game." Yeah, and I mean, I, I think Kyle Allen's just one of those quarterbacks that um, he, he's the 
he's the beneficiary of just having a lot of playmakers and it's really just up to him to just get the ball in the hands of guys like DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. You know, he's not coming out here and being a superstar. You know, his numbers haven't exactly been extraordinary, but they've obviously been well enough that they've been moving the ball on a consistent basis. And it's just the fact that he's a healthy, it's like I've said before, just the fact that it's a healthy quarterback back there instead of, you know, Cam Newton hobbling along and severely limiting this offense. Um, so so Kyle Allen, you know, I, I guess you could call him like a, a glorified game manager. He, he's definitely talented, but obviously, you know, nothing special, but he still gets the job done. He still lets DJ Moore makes, make plays. He still lets Curtis Samuel make plays. And that, that's really that's really the gist of how the Panthers have been winning these games. You know, North Turner has done a, a tremendous job of scheming this offense around the, the talents of his playmakers. And then Ron Rivera has done a really good job with, with the defense. And, um, you know, you saw last week against the Buccaneers, they picked off Winston five times. They sacked him, I think seven, you know, so th- that that's really been the key. Another key to the Panthers success. The last couple of years, or last couple of weeks is just their ability to get to the quarterback. I mean, Seven sacks against the Buccaneers on Winston. Um, what, six sacks, I think, against Deshaun Watson. Kyler, I think they got to eight times. So that, that's what it boils down to. I, I think it, it's just that, deep, especially the front seven, if they can just continue to get after the quarterback like they have been, that and, again, like with Kyle Allen, just kind of stay consistent, kind of keep doing what he's been doing, taking care of the ball. Cause he hasn't, I don't even think he has an interception yet this season. So he's done a real nice job of just taking care of the ball. So those are really the two key ingredients, I think for uh, just this continued success for the Panthers. Yeah. And very similar story for the 49ers defensive front, getting after opposing quarterbacks. And by the way, all of that done up front on that, Panthers defensive line without Kawan short. So that's very impressive. Yeah. I do want to talk more about that side of the ball and Jimmy Garoppolo, who has uh, thrown a lot of interceptions <laughs> compared to Kyle Allen's no interceptions, <laughs> uh, which is one of the, I think one of the things that people are down on Jimmy Garoppolo about, but we will talk about that side of the ball, but real quick, just continuing uh, the 49ers on the defensive side of the ball. I think that the number one guy and really it's that outside pass rush. It's D Ford. Who's been one of the top rated pass rushes, pass rushers by pro football focus for the last two seasons. And, I know when I had the guys on from Locked On Chiefs, they had talked about how it was a huge upgrade to go from D Ford to uh, to Clark, who they brought in, and I was thinking, yeah, maybe not. And the numbers aren't really bearing that out. D Ford has been an impact rusher on the outside for the 49ers, and then obviously the number two pick in Nick Bosa has been a monster, and Pro Football Focus loves them some Nick Bosa. Looking at um, just looking at his stat line, he leads all pass rushers in pass rush productivity, 31 total pressures, 19 hurries, seven hits, five sacks, um, just graded super well as a pass rusher. So that outside rush has been absolutely the difference in the 49ers defense and has really helped everybody else play up, especially the guys in the back end, even though they're missing, you know, their starting right cornerback, Akella Witherspoon. He's still out, who will be out this week as well, but his replacement has looked great in and it's amazing. Emmanuel Mosley watching him play right cornerback and everything's been fine up front. Obviously they had the mud bowl in Washington, so it's hard to evaluate players there, but uh, they still won in the trenches and it's all up front for the 49ers on that defensive side of the ball. And their defensive line has been playing uh, as good as anybody. And, and really this might be the matchup of the two best pass rushes in the NFL right now. I want to talk more about those defensive fronts and we'll make some predictions coming up. 
Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers, Bill Rossetti, Locked On Panthers, another Locked On Network crossover podcast. I want to get into these defensive fronts and a couple of the better pass rushes in the NFL. Bill, strike some fear into the hearts of my listeners who might be worried about Jimmy Garoppolo getting hit Sunday. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Brian Burns, I'll just start with him. Um, We knew going into the draft that getting a young pass rusher was a huge need for the Panthers. And being able to get Brian Burns in the middle of the first round is like having Christmas in April. I mean, he he just fit what the Panthers needed so perfectly, and he's been as advertised. And um, last week, you know, for – uh, so for some of the, the Panthers listeners that may have caught and maybe for the 49ers listeners that want to check it out, I talked with uh, Joe Marino when we kind of dove a little bit into that pass rush. And he talked about just the fact that, you know, not just Brian Burns playing so well, but he's kind of opened up things for some of the other guys like, um, you know, Mario Addison still having a productive year. Bruce Irvin has been pretty solid. Even, even Christian Miller in his limited snaps has already started to kind of settle in to, to his role. So it's a lot of guys that are really contributing. And, and we knew that was kind of the Panthers plan going into the season uh, in the front seven is the, you wanted to get a lot of pieces, especially with the front three and then the edge guys really, um, really rotating a lot of guys. Cause there's a lot of talent in that unit. So that it's just a matter of keeping everybody fresh. Uh, Marquise Haynes is another guy that comes to mind that I think is, quietly had a really good year so there, there's a lot of guys that are going to come after you and um you know I, I know the pan or the the 49ers obviously had those injuries at the tackle positions but i know those guys are coming at coming back very shortly i don't know if it's this week or if it's still a couple weeks away but i know they have mcglinchy and staley coming back at some point um but stopping those guys is is key really i think for any opposing offense at this point because like i said earlier all those sacks that they've gotten against guys like uh kyler murray deshaun watson and Jameis winston over the last few weeks has really been a huge reason why they've now won four straight and if they keep can keep that going and get to jimmy garoppolo then you know we could have ourselves a game on sunday Yeah, Brian Burns, one of my favorite players in the draft, Uh, definitely behind Bosa, but I actually like Brian Burns even more than Josh Allen, and I was blown away how far he fell in the draft. I think the Panthers got a steal there. Uh, How have they been utilizing Brian Burns as sort of uh, an outside linebacker slash defensive end? Because I thought, you know, a 3-4 team would have been the perfect scenario for Brian Burns. He's so athletic and so rangy that he can play as a stand-up player and play as a true linebacker, even in some cases, or he can put his hand in the ground and get after the quarterback. And my other question with Brian Burns is, is he even going to play? Because I think he had surgery during the bye week, right? Yeah, he did. So, um, yeah, that, that's going to be a story to watch during uh, during this week of practices. Can Brian Burns go? And if not, then, like I said, you're looking at guys like uh, Marquise Haynes going to have to step up, uh, Bruce Irvin, uh, Christian Miller, a lot, a lot of these young guys, uh, or this group of guys, I should say, because Bruce Irvin's not exactly young, but um, – Young guys like Miller and Haynes definitely going to have to step up if uh, if Burns can't go. So def- definitely going to have to keep an eye on him. So the 49ers, you may have heard the news. The 49ers made a big trade and they have brought in Emmanuel Sanders, the wide receiver from Denver. And I have to imagine he's going to plug right in and at least play some sort of a role, whether it's just a number three receiver, sort of a slot role this week, or he may even just start from 
uh, from jump here for the 49ers because he was playing in Denver, and Denver has the guy who was the quarterback coach last year in San Francisco and Rich Scangarello. So terminology is the same. It should be a really easy transition for Emmanuel Sanders to jump into the 49ers offense. Haven't seen him practice yet. Don't know exactly what the plan is for Emmanuel Sanders, but if he is out there, and if even if he's not, and it's Dante Pettis and Debo Samuel and Marquise Goodwin, who are these 49ers receivers going to be facing there? And I think there are some good cover guys on the back end uh, that is really helping, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship, right? With the cover guys and the pass rush, we're seeing it in San Francisco, and I think we're seeing it in Carolina as well. What are the 49ers receivers going to see in that Panthers defensive backfield? Yeah, um, so I, I think one of the big questions there is what's the injury status of Dante Jackson? Because he's uh, missed a couple of games, or missed the last couple of games with an injury. But, you know, coming off the bye, we'll see how much he's resting, if he's going to be able to go. But um, in his absence, we saw Ross Cockwell perform very well uh, opposite James Bradbury, who's also stepped up in a big way, too, because he was a guy that uh, I had some concerns about going into the season as far as, you know, needing to kind of take that next step after being very up and down last season. But I, I think those guys have really been a, a big boost to this defense. and then. Um, Javine Elliott has stepped in quite nicely at the uh, at the nickel position at times, and then you know you got your two safeties. Eric Reed continues to be a leader there. Trey Boston, and you know he's been kind of inconsistent, but um, when he's when he's good, he's good. But but there's times he's just kind of there. So you know it's it's kind of a mixed bag and almost kind of a week to week kind of. What are we going to get out of the out of these guys this week? Um, but this is definitely going to be one of their tougher challenges, I think, because you know they they really haven't, um, other than you know the two Tampa Bay games and maybe Arizona, and, you know, for the Rams. But um, you know, this is definitely a a very talented collective group of receivers from the 49ers. You know, my big thing is, um, it's just kind of curious how that Dante Pettis has been pretty quiet all season and how it seems like they just don't use him or haven't been using him, I guess as much as a lot of us thought he was going to be used. Um, But he still just feels like he, he can have that breakout game. So he's still someone, the Panthers and, you know, Cockrell and these guys have to have to kind of keep an eye on. Um, If Jackson can go, then I think that would be a really good matchup with Goodwin because you've got two really speedy guys. Cause we know Dante Jackson, flew uh at the combine had, had i think the fastest or definitely one of the fastest times in the 40 if i remember oh, wait, correctly this so. is actually this is a rematch of the finals from the 40 yards of gold right wasn't yes. it marquise goodwin who edged out okay, dante jackson to win it? about that dude i just thought about that i totally forgot too oh that's a great one i hope he does play then that'll be a nice right. one probably some talk on the field between those two guys too if they go head to head by the way, I wonder if these guys even got paid yet because I know no. I know that was the big story coming out of that event was they never even got their checks. Yeah, I don't think they did. I think that event was a massive flop. <laughs> well, the, well, the mess that was, but that's right. I totally <laughs> forgot. So yeah, that that'd be really neat if if those two uh, can go up against each other. But yeah, you know, two two speedy guys that 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 would be something. You know, even you know, you see all these people on Twitter and uh, you know breaking down these clips. These are perfect clip 
potential clip materials right here with uh you know speed on speed so that that'd be fun to watch and then you could you know that could leave james bradbury up against somebody like uh debo samuel on the outside so, so there's so there's some really intriguing uh wide receiver cornerback matchups here so uh that, that i'm definitely definitely looking forward to that and seeing how these passing attacks go at one another yeah it's an interesting when you mentioned Dante pettis and about how he hasn't been utilized a lot and i think we saw Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's answer to that is that they think maybe it's the, you know, the guys on the outside that that needed a boost. And that's why they went out and got Emmanuel Sanders, because uh, a lot of people have talked about Jimmy Garoppolo and and expecting more from him and better numbers and, and stretching the field and getting the ball down the field more, getting the ball outside the numbers more. And so I think it's equal parts Garoppolo, equal parts Shanahan's offense and not dialing up a lot of those plays. And then also the wide receiver group. I think they needed to play better and needed to prove that they had somebody out there that could sort of hog the ball and be a target hog out there. And nobody has stepped up and taken that position from the wide receiver group of the 49ers. I still have high hopes. I think Debo Samuel, he's just a rookie, you know, so it's hard sometimes to expect a ton from a rookie wide receiver in this league. And especially in Kyle Shanahan's offense, you didn't see that big jump yet in season two from Dante Pettis, but you see flashes and he had a nice game against the, the Rams and, and, and caught a few passes, but still, you know, you're talking, you know, three passes here, four receptions there, a couple here. So no big breakout games for any of those wide receivers. And I think the 49ers were forced to do something there just because they need somebody they can trust and rely on to be that guy like Manuel Sanders, who's got a, you know, had 30 catches and zero drops this year and can separate with the best of them, still a good route runner and, and can get those tough receptions over the middle and move the chains for you. So I think that's the answer is that, Nobody's jumped up yet. Nobody stepped out and and took that job as the 49ers' number one wide receiver. So they went out and tried to find one in Emmanuel Sanders to go with the guy who's actually the number one receiver for the 49ers in George Kittle. That that's a good point. Yeah, the Kittle is the is the true number one, and um, no doubt the Panthers haven't really seen a tight end like George Kittle. You know they've seen. Uh, Guys like Cameron Bray, who scored a touchdown against them in London, uh, a couple good ones against the Rams. But yeah, how do you stop George Kittle? That's 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 the big thing here. So that's that's going to be tough. And then you bring in Emmanuel Sanders, and like you said earlier, you know what's the role of Sanders going to be? But you know, just the talent that he brings, and um, you know, clearly the 49ers wanted about there this Sunday, so they. You have to think they're going to draw something up for him with uh, with how bad they wanted him this week. You know, yeah. based on yeah. what Schefter was tweeting. So we'll see. Um, you know, season day or team debuts for some of these big players are always always fun to watch. So who knows? It's, uh, but. It, it makes for must see TV to say the least. Absolutely, I don't really know how this one's going to go, but we do have to make our predictions here. And the odds makers think it's a five and a half point win for the 49ers. The over under somewhat low at forty one points. So I'll I'll give it to you. You're the away team. If you want to go first, what's your prediction here with the Panthers at 49ers? Yeah, this is. Uh, I've I've talked about this a lot about how the Panthers needed a good start because the schedule coming out of the bye is really tough, and it's it starts with it starts with this one, and 
you know, they've had a couple opportunities with some of these top teams. You know, they, they had week one against the Rams that they could have came out and really made a statement. And now they kind of get a second chance. But, you know, traveling out to the West Coast and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has just been playing really well. And, you know, I Kyle Allen hasn't thrown an interception. He's been taking care of the ball pretty well. But, you know, he hasn't seen too many too many teams that can bring the heat like the 49ers have this year. And uh, it's a little concerning. Um, I, I think the Panthers will get a couple, but I think the 49ers are going to come out on top. I'm going to say 21-17 49ers. That's a good one. And that, the Panthers would cover there on that. And uh, I think that's a pretty close score. I have it 24-17 49ers. So an extra Robbie Gold field goal there. And the 49ers are getting back there long snapper in Kyle Nelson, who was suspended for PED use. I don't know why you need PEDs <laughs> if you're a long snapper, but um, I think that'll help the kicking game because there's been some up and downs there and some missed field goals for Robbie Gold this year. But 24-17 is what I've got, and I think you nailed it. The 49ers front, young quarterback still in Kyle Allen, getting in his face, pressuring him, causing him trouble, and we might see that first Kyle Allen interception because that that rush is fierce and it's really done a number on every quarterback the 49ers have faced and that's the key there and this uh levi stadium crowd has actually become a true home field advantage for the first time really since the stadium opened and uh so i think that's the key for the 49ers is that front doing what they do getting after kyle Kyle allen getting some turnovers it'll be somewhat low scoring but i've got it 24 17 49ers uh, we're out of time Thanks, here, Bill. Rick. Thank you so much for uh, doing it a crossover here. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. I love talking with the other hosts weekly here. And so, uh, th- yeah, thanks for doing this week eight crossover podcast. Listen, um, I, I always love the crossovers. And usually I like to look ahead and see what hosts I get on with. And there were definitely a couple this year that I was really, really looking forward to to talking with um peter in a couple weeks with the packers i'm definitely looking forward to but you were definitely on that list as well man uh, it, was, it was always fun actually i think my very first crossover was with you so you kind of uh, got the ball rolling for me and uh you know I've, i appreciate what you've done for me so far and uh always glad to chat with you man oh yeah fantastic good stuff there you can find oh and actually you know we'll have peter coming up at some point this year as well niners packers is going to be a good game later yeah, this that's season. a monday night coming up or no let me double check on that one. Yeah, let's see. Uh, that is... And I know last year was a Monday night game. That's right. It's at home. No, it's a, It's not an, It's not a primetime game. It's at home. That is week 12, November 24th at Levi's Stadium against the Packers. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I was getting it confused with last year when they played on Monday night. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, good stuff, Bill. Always a pleasure chatting with you. And you can find Bill on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti. That's two C's and two T's. You can find me on Twitter at... BD Peacock. We'll talk to you guys next time right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.